Welcome to Conversations from the Heart, the podcast of Moyo Talks and the Heart Center. My name is Mark Bind. I'm an intuitive energy healer and a teacher and trainer of energy healers, and I am one of your hosts this morning. Our other hosts are Cindy Holmes, an intuitive business coach and the director of the School of Intuition and Healing in Cape Town, South Africa. Cindy, if you can introduce yourself. What a way to start a Monday. Um, Good morning, everyone. Uh, It's been a beautiful morning here in Cape Town. I've been for a lovely walk on the beach with the dogs, um, and I'm really looking forward to opening our hearts and having a conversation this morning. Thank you, Cindy. Our other co-host this morning is Alex Morostica, a life and business coach and one of the partners of Moyo Talks and the Heart Center. Alex, if you can please introduce yourself. Good morning, everyone. And again, it's so good to be with everybody again. This is the best start for the week. So I'm looking forward to where our conversation goes today. And we have a special guest coming in from Melbourne, Australia, Jennifer Anderson. Jennifer has a wide range of skills and experiences. Jennifer, maybe if you can just let us know what you do and... Uh, what your background is? It probably depends on what year you ask me. Um, background is um, actually my background is in fine arts. So, yeah, kind of artwork and special finishes. That was sort of way back. And then I left that and started doing academic work and studies. So I have um, a Bachelor of Social Science and a Master of International Development. And I also have um, provisional psychology. So I have a graduate advanced diploma in psychology. And I teach sociology to first and second year students um, in Melbourne at Deakin Uni. And I also um, counsel people as well. And I do a bit of shamanic um work as well uh so yeah i've sort of varied really right well i think you're going to have some very interesting contributions to our discussion today as you have done so for the past season and a half so thank you and our other special guest this morning is valerie intuitive energy healer and a teacher of mindfulness valerie if you can please introduce yourself hi good morning everybody i got you just in time um i was busy baking A chiffon cake. It is the Jewish fasting day and my husband's fasting and you break the fast with a sponge cake. So it's in the oven. So if I disappear, it means the bell went off. But yes, I work as an energy healer. I'm passionate about mindfulness and meditation. And my process of healing has brought me to this point where I teach with the school and I facilitate workshops with the School of Intuition and Healing. So I'm very grateful and blessed to be part of this talk this morning and love sharing the space with all of you. And it's such a wonderful, heartful, open space, sometimes challenging but really comes from a place of heartfulness, which is beautiful. So thank you. Great. Thank you, Valerie. So this morning, we're going to start with a meditation and Cindy's going to lead us through a meditation. And after that, we'll probably find something to talk about because at this stage, we don't really know what it's going to be. So Cindy, over to you. Thank you, Mark. So let us all just follow the breath. Breathing in. Breathing out. Just becoming very conscious of those in-breaths 
and out breath. Breathing in vitality and light and breathing out anything that isn't serving you. And as you do, feel yourself getting heavier and heavier on the chair and connect to Mother Earth, dropping those roots down, connecting to her love and her wisdom and her holding. Just feel yourself being held with this extraordinary energy. And just allow that beautiful earth energy to come up into your base as you expand your base. And allow that earth energy to just travel up and down your spine, holding you and allowing you to feel secure. Center in your heart. And from your heart, go to the highest point of light that you can connect with. That vibration faster than yourself. And just connect with the source. The source of light. And allow that into your heart. And just feel the heart expanding. And as that heart expands, just feel that earth energy coming up your central channel and going up into the universal energy and feel that universal energy coming down into your heart and down into the earth. And just feel that connection as you find yourself in the bridge between heaven and earth. And just allow yourself to expand. Allow yourself to become curious. Allow the divine within you to open up. We connect to each other. As we place ourselves in a silver bubble of protection. Set the intention to be grounded and connected and in the heart. As we bring ourselves back into the conversation. Thank you, Cindy. That was lovely. Always a great way to start the week. So I have a question that came 
to mind during that meditation. And I'm very curious, Jennifer, what do you find your clients for counseling coming to you for at the moment? And the other question, I don't know if it's related at all, is what are the questions your students are asking? What, what is it that the students want to know? You know, what are the issues that, that are coming up from that sort of generation? Yeah, that's an interesting question. They, they might cross over a bit, but I'll answer the first question. And that is, what are my clients coming forward with at the moment? And look, most of the time, the people that I work with, I'm, I'm just starting to work with people with post-trauma. So that's something very different. So it's kind of old trauma. Um, but mostly, it's been people you know um you know disconnecting really and the sort of um counseling that i have done is transpersonal counseling which is holistic and um you know i have a psychological perspective but it's really about reintegrating and um mostly it's about sort of meaning really you know finding their place about who they are but also how that fits with the world and how that is um understood in the context of their life and their past and their experiences um so people are coming though at the moment with um I feel really uncertain and I don't know how to deal with that. I feel really uncomfortable with uncertainty and um, just trying to get meaning out of the whole thing. And also, I guess, coming to terms with there is no normal anymore and there will be a new norm. And we really don't know what that is yet, but how people sit with that. Um, and kind of usually we need to be so certain of things and we follow each other to um, understand ourselves. But there is none of that at the moment, really. So people are really afraid of what the world means. Um, so that's kind of mostly I see a lot of people in sort of the mid-20s and that's kind of a bit of a crisis age anyway I think um, and coming up to 30 and that's sort of you know what I would call which is probably not in not many psychologists would talk about it maybe too much but you know that sort of satin rising time when there's that real change and you know, all of that integration that's it's kind of people that have hit that point a little bit so now the students are varied again um but most of the students at the moment, and because I teach social science and sociology, it's all about society and how we um, put ourselves together socially. So they're kind of coming to terms with the fact that they might be driven by others to behave in particular ways. So finding parts of themselves and how um, they might develop a sense of self in the world that has to operate as a mechanism of, you know, econ economy, um, you know, spirituality, all of that. So sort of depending on what week or what topic we're talking about, most of the students are really as well questioning the world that they're living in, realising that a lot of it might have been constructed, um, but who they are in that and how close, I guess, yeah, how close they can be to themselves. Because sociology is really about agency and doing what you need or what you might do for yourself, but with the group as well. So there's kind of that group dynamic and the structure of things, um, but then how we become individuals or have some agency in that process. So the students this year have been really asking I guess a lot about what's ahead you know what what do we do how do we restructure how do we reform how do we kind of get a new norm integrate what has been and for a lot of these students too they're at that cusp of I guess similar to what 9-11 was when it's it just changed we had a new world and a new world order and you know everything sort of got framed around that they're sort of coming to terms with that they've been part of some huge um, occurrence, you know, historical sort of um, thing that I guess they're just, you know, trying to come to terms with and, yeah, just uh, realizing that they're part of something that's that they, you know, that their children might never see as that shift and change of what was and what will be now. So 
alarm, I would say, as an overall alarm. They've been really disoriented, non-motivated, kind of um, a crisis for youth, really, because the economy's going, you know, the economy's so different, the environment's a, a really scary place. There's such uncertainty. And, you know, for having children and making all those plans that might have been normal in the past, it's really difficult. So they're kind of a bit um, aimless at the moment in some sense, some mm-hmm. respects. Sorry if that was a winded, long-winded response. That's really interesting because, you you know, what you're saying about sociology is important because there's a generation that's kind of going to be recreating the world. And I don't think we actually have an idea of what it's going to be like. I think it's it's, it's a time of great transformation and the, the future to me seems very uncertain. Absolutely. Yeah, um, just... Um, and. And that feeling of, you know, we talk a lot about, we do talk about agency and structure and, and that feeling of um, wanting so much to change the world and seeing what the problems are. You know, when we have that period, in, I think, in all our lives and we and we still do where we just have that vision and that passion and that, you know, sort of I've seen what the problem is and I can do something about this and, you know, and we just need to, you know, ABC. Mm. Um but then I kind of realizing that there's walls and there's, you know, there's barriers and there's, you know, systems that um, are so uh, based on inequality and inequity that, you know, it's a struggle to actually come to terms with those um, realizations, I guess. And mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, a lot of those. Mm. What is that quote? Um, when, I, when I was young, I wanted to change the world. And when, yeah. when I was old, I was wise and I wanted to change myself. Yeah, I do. I don't know the exact one, but that sounds that sounds close to correct. Yeah, and yeah, yeah that's right. Because that's kind of like. So I suppose I'm feeling that in some way. It's like I've kind of realized that if I sort myself out, life seems to flow. And I'm kind of thinking that with the world the way it is at the moment, with so much uncertainty out there, the only place where I can have certainty is inside. Absolutely. And if I have healed myself, and if I am connected to the thing that brings me my greatest joy it doesn't actually matter what happens outside there and by following my greatest joy my life path becomes easy and and the financial rewards seem to flow as a natural byproduct of following my joy and so it bothers me less and less the collapse of society that appears to be happening in on the outside because the foundation is growing stronger and stronger on the inside. And perhaps, I mean, if this was happening in my 20s, it would have been a disaster. Uh, It would have felt like a disaster. Although, how old was I when 9-11 took place? I got back from traveling around Central America, and I just got back, I was in London, I just got back from my first job interview after after spending a few months traveling, and my father sent me a message as I got off the, the, the train at Wimbledon, and he said, check the news, and it was 9-11, and then the job market just dried up completely for like months. I was like, oh my goodness, you know, here I am stuck in London living on savings and there's no prospect of any jobs opening up anytime soon. So I suppose I can relate from that point of view. Yeah, Cindy right. got her hand up. Cindy. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for opening up. Oh, wow. I mean, there was so much in that conversation uh, or, or in what you said. And for me, what I think is really, really fascinating about where we are right now is that I, I, I had dinner with a friend who, who 
um, is the general manager of a hotel and, and has been in the hospitality industry um, for many years. And I, and I think kind of at this time, we get protected and we choose to listen to different things and we choose to get involved in different stories and different dramas. And, um, and how the uncertainty around not being able to do budget and not being able to forecast you know most of most of, uh, most business people their life is a ro- revolved around predicting what financial implications is going to happen how much profits how many losses how many and their mind is so involved in 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 that at a strategic so what can we do to do this? and they lost so they are lost and having to realign and hopefully with their children seeing that there will be a a way of reading it and for me getting through this time of intuition using my intuition and reading the signs so what am i going to do with this what should i do with that investment what should i do with my flat in london those kind of things and what i've been doing is rather than listening to what the job you know what the the estate agents are saying or what the world economy is saying is really going in and saying what is what is the universe showing me why have so many people moved out of the block of flat what is going on in my own flat as an example as to going what should i be doing right now with this and then also trusting the universe that that there is enough to provide for everyone as long as we are all operating in an uncapitalistic way i think is the bottom line and that scarcity doesn't need to be there but obviously our governments are terrified of this because capitalism and our governments are all built on this model of scarcity the haves and the have not so for me for for what you were talking about our young people we need to be as spiritual people explaining that that money is an energy money is a flow money is an exchange and these new t- there's this opening for new teachings of new models that that have since the war since the second world war because if we take this is you know 911 was just a really a blip that changed things but this is the whole world this is you know whether it be the middle east um or whether it be you know which essentially were and and the certain countries that were the you know this war on terrorism which is what 911 gave the warmongers an opportunity to fight you know this is this is something that's happened to everyone whether wherever they are in the world it hasn't not affected anyone so it's this opportunity i believe around how do we teach intuition how do we instead of letting the governments dictate what one needs to do in the next step old models archaic old models can be broken at this time and 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 we can feel our way into it rather than think our way in mm. and and for me that is the message that that people like ourselves need to be saying what are you feeling into this and and our children feel into it um you know mark i know recently this has changed your model of education for your child your child at the age of i don't know how, how nine. old of nine felt into the fact that she had more time having education online she had more time to learn about the things she loved doing as a 9-year-old and this is where we need to encourage our society around our their intuition and their feeling 
rather than their thinking and the bias models that have happened since the Second World War of we need to survive, there's scarcity, we need to work hard, we need to do this, we need to buy houses, you need to, you know, all those things that came out of the Second World War for, for the right reasons at the time are now need to be broken. And those limited belief things that, that there will be, there will be careers for these young people. They're just going to be so different. Um, I really actually hear what you're saying, Cindy. And I think that there is a little bit of a shift. And I think there's two, two things that I thought of then. So Mark's daughter is an example of probably what has been happening. Um, I went recently to see um, someone at the, uh, it was my partner at um, his work. And we just kind of took the dogs for a walk um for a moment and all these kids it was like two o'clock in the afternoon or something because I just dropped over there to sort of take some lunch and stuff and there were these kids and they were out in this little um sort of open area where there's trees and everything and they were digging a hole and they were just sort of digging and there's like three four four young boys and I was I was we were sort of talking about them and I said I bet you they're digging for treasure and um we went past them and sort of that because they wanted to pat the dogs and stuff and I said what are you, you know what are you digging for and they said yeah treasure we're digging for treasure and they were going down and down and I said oh have you got um school did you have school yeah we have it in the morning now and then we can come out and play in the afternoon and I just felt this, oh, you know, how wonderful. And they said, you know, and there they were, they were digging, they were outside, they were doing, you know, just hanging out and doing stuff. And and I just thought that's actually very healing now, inadvertently, the um, the opportunity that has come from, say, online learning and, you know, the day that used to be spread out because there was lunch going to one class, the next class, et cetera, is now condensed. And there is that time for play and doing stuff you know, with siblings or family. The other example talking to that Cindy was, um, so I think that's a shift and can create a shift where young people will, you know, realise that, you know, there is more to it. There is an inner world that it's not sort of all about these systems outside and they maybe don't serve quite so well. But there's a, a model that we sort of talk about where, you know, there's been this idea, like you said, of scarcity since the Second World War, or even beforehand, really, maybe the Great Depression, or, you know, you could kind of keep going. But this mentality of scarcity where, you know, you had to prepare, you have to have the superannuation, the mortgage, the redundancy package, all of that. And young people now seem to be going, you know, that's a con, actually. And it doesn't actually doesn't help the environment and it doesn't help me feel okay about myself. And so we have this discussion that usually goes every year for say the past five or six years that's been, we're in a neoliberal economy and that means that, you know, you're going to have to get hold of this gig economy. You're not, you're going to be casualized more in the workforce, et cetera, et cetera. And you're going to be marginalized. And in the future, you're not going to have choices because you won't have the pension. There's been this kind of a bit of a doomsday discussion. And students this year went, no, I actually like having three days where I don't have to work a week. I think it's a big con. I don't want to have, you know, working my backside off for the mortgage, for the man, for the system. I actually, you know, I can make choices and that's what I can do as a young person now. And that's about the environment. Um, it's about making changes. So I actually see that as quite positive. And someone I would mention as being incredible and probably, you know, channeling really is um, Greta Thunberg, that she's actually a, 
an ambassador now, I think, for young people, you know, that, you know, for, for people like that, I think there is, there is a real shift. It's all almost like the power flower or an opportunity, like the power flower movement. You know, there was that moment of, you know, what can love do really? That I think, you know, we, we could have a bit of that at the moment with this um, time, you know, if it can sort of shift and young people are able to actually, yeah, embody what you've just said, Cindy, you know, how to use their intuition. And I think from the boys outside digging and feeling their day and feeling what they love to do, digging for gold and treasure and being in their imagination again and another young people's you know sort of mid-20s maybe saying oh it's a con you know I feel better when you know I've got a couple of days off to go and you know heal myself go to the park be with friends you know put my feet on the ground or something that just feels a bit more holistic and, and realistic now anyway. Children and young people seem to be very good at following their bliss following their joy. And I think the older generations could learn a lot from this. And just going back to what Cindy was saying about this planning and, and the business plans and, and so on in business, your business plan is obsolete the minute it's complete because the, the world has changed. And if, if we sort of move away from this whole thing, I mean, you know, I went through this before I, I changed career, I was in business. And, and if we could just learn how to follow our bliss and follow our joy and follow our inspiration in the business world, we'll be taken in the correct direction. And this is kind of what we have landed up doing with uh, Moyo Talks, you know, growing out of the eight o'clock club. And we just kind of like followed the intuition and getting away from thinking with your head, what should I do? Where's the opportunity? How can we maximize profits to going, what feels right, what brings us joy, and how can we follow this joyful energy? How can we follow this bliss in business? And, you know, where's the inspiration leading us? And all of a sudden, the inspiration led us online, and we followed it, and it was fun. And by following that, we kind of like seem to follow the right path. Erica, your hand is up. Go ahead. Hi, everybody. I really missed you all last week. Thank you very much all your phenomenal thoughts and ideas and I was just wanting to go forward with I was starting on a different track but then Mark came and added uh, this business plan being complete once you actually finish it and I, I, I must actually just say that I have literally just this week over the weekend for the last five days been fighting with myself over how I'm going to put forward what the financial plan business plan is for the next year to of two because I have um, come to round three of a, of a proposal um, system for my sustainable life project um, with uh, a company in fin Finland. was fighting with the whole thing. I could not come to any solution. And I was thinking to myself, but this is an organic process. How can I actually define it in such a fixed way? And um, so thank you very much, Mark. You just hit, hit upon a problem which I could not put in words but actually I just wanted to go back to the digging for treasure that um, Jennifer was mentioning about and the kids finding of digging for treasure and I felt to myself that's a very good metaphor for digging into deep into yourself for your own personal treasure and um, that one does not ordinarily find or think that the treasure is actually with inside of you and the, the, the preciousness or your gift or your what you're bringing to the world your individual part is is the treasure and to dig within yourself and to, to uncover 
a very deeply buried treasure that um, can be shared with the world as an individual and not a copy of the next one and the next one, like it's been enforced upon us for years and years and years to follow these ancient, as you say, industrialized kind of actions to bring everybody into line in little rows of soldiers working in factories, bringing everybody into the same schooling system, uh, one after the other, like little carbon copies of each other. Um, when that is actually not the real truth, is it? It's um, being an individual and finding your own inner bliss, as you said, um, Mark, and your own inner joy and, and children that are allowed to, 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 are given the latitude to figure this out for themselves um, with persons like yourself, Mark, or myself, or Cindy, or Jennifer, and all that actually join our group, and, and many others that actually allow their children to actually say, you know, hey, this isn't working for me. Or us as adults, hey, this isn't working for me. I want to be doing X um, and just follow that. And I just um, yeah, I just want to say I, I really um, appreciate the, the input that I receive weekly here and such a great learning curve. Um, well, not necessarily learning curve, but confirmation curve of what I've been thinking all this time. And, and here we're all saying it out loud. And um, what is the point of all sitting in our little corners and thinking these things? Um, I'm so glad we have this opportunity to share with each other. And, and thank you, Mark and Cindy and Alex, for actually getting this together. Thanks, Erica. You know, as you were speaking, I was just thinking of how difficult I find it these days to plan. <laughs> now, I know we need to have some degree of planning. But, you know, as Erica was saying, so much of what we're doing in business is actually organic. You know, how can you plan for something three or four steps down the line where you don't know what the outcome of the first couple of steps is going to be. And it's, it's really, it feels like you need to be in the moment and it feels like the planning is taking me out of the moment. And, and I just find myself having to do as little as possible when it comes to planning. Fortunately, I don't have to plan too much in, in my current work. I, I don't need to plan too much. I've got a rough idea of the future in my head, but it's always shifting and evolving. Val. Yeah, lovely discussion. Um, I was just reflecting on, on the way business is. And I have a wonderful daughter um, who is not sticking to the norm. And for the last couple of years has, you know, um, been a parent sometimes. You know, you observe and you our conditioning of our minds of the way things should be you know get a degree do this and she did that but she has found a way in the world of of being and following her bliss and in so following her bliss being guided by her intuition and being guided by her intuition finding the financial reward and she's probably one of my biggest teachers as I observe her and the way she finds her flow with ease. And I think that's such a blessing and that she is able to feel um, so grounded even when there's a not knowing of how it will look without the planning or she has an idea but allowing it to organically unfold for her and her partner. And that just brings me such delight as a parent to that there was part of what I allowed, even though I frowned at it at times, to allow it to unfold and see the gift and the beauty in that age group that she's bringing to people in her age group, which is impacting, which is very powerful. 
And um, she shared this with me the other day and she said to me, mom, I want you to read this. It is um, a Mexican medicine poet, you know, medicine woman, and she writes this poem. And she writes, cure yourself with the light of the sun and the rays of the moon, with the sound of the river and the waterfall, with the swaying of the sea and the fluttering of the birds. Heal yourself with mint and mint leaves, with neem and eucalyptus. Sweeten yourself with lavender, rosemary and chamomile. Hug yourself with the cocoa bean and a touch of cinnamon. Put love in tea instead of sugar and take it looking at the stars. Heal yourself with the kisses that the wind gives you and the hugs of the rain. Get strong. And this reminded me of the children digging, looking for treasures. Get strong with bare feet on the ground and with everything that is born from it. Get smarter every day. And this is what Cindy said. By listening to your intuition, looking at the world with the eye of your forehead. Jump, dance, sing so that you live happier. Heal yourself with beautiful love and always remember you are the medicine. And I thought, yeah, my daughter who's found a way in the world is sharing with me about healing myself with what the universe has to offer and not what the world has to offer, to go within, to touch the earth. And that's just powerful. And if the more we share that, I believe we, and as you said, with the young children, we change our ways of being in the world. And the new norm is definitely going to look different. And I'm excited to see how it unfolds for all of us. Thanks, Val. I, I wish we were meeting in person so that we could uh, share that cake around a little bit. And the poem, if you're able to share that, I would love that. Or the writing that uh, was... Yeah, send it to me, Val, and I'll share it around. I will. Mark, I say in the cake, you have to wait till six o'clock to be able to eat it. And Mark, you have to fast before you can yeah. have the cake. <laughs> so eating. <laughs> Good. So my thinking is that the, you know, what, what older business leaders need to learn then, or, you know, above a certain generation is this idea of using your intuition feeling something out rather than cognitively trying to decide yes or no or what are the pros and the cons the difficulty though is in this process sometimes in going through the cognitive process of writing your lists and doing your sums and having your forecasting spreadsheet you actually tap into the energy of it and that helps your intuition so there's a certain degree of mental activity that's needed to help you actually work on something intuitively. And I know Robert Perry, who's, who's one, of, one of my favorite spiritual teachers, who, who's actually written a book called Signs um, about how to identify signs from the universe that are sort of guiding you. But, you know, he does say that, you know, sometimes you do need to go through the process of the planning of the thinking through the pro thinking through the problem or or the plans before you'll actually receive that intuition but that the intuition might go against everything that your brain is telling you and it's such like a a fluid thing like how do you even start to teach people that this is how they should be operating in the business world you're going to do the plan you're going to run the spreadsheet you're going to run the forecast 
Then you're going to forget about it. You're going to meditate. You're going to feel it in your heart. And then whatever your heart says, that's what you're going to do, even if it goes against what the spreadsheet told you to do. Cindy might have more experience with this, being more in touch with the business world at this stage. So, so Mark, I work with this and and with my clients um, a lot because, and and at the moment as well, uh, we have a, a coaching mastermind which which Alex and I facilitate. And and what is really interesting about that, and even those processes. Uh, yeah, we have to have structure, but what information comes up within that structure is where one needs to use their intuition. So I'll come back, for example, to should I sell my fat? Shouldn't I sell my fat? Now, now you need to look at the science. So, so the thing is, is, is you, you need to say to the universe, please show me the science. Give me examples of what I need to do and then observe them. Don't have this thing in your head going, okay, it's, I've got to sell the flat. I need the money. You know, it's about what energy you put into it. So you can do the maths. I can write a number and say, I'd like this amount of money and that would help the flow, but it would be about the flow and not about the money because the, if, because there would be other things that would then work in your life. And it's about trusting that although if you stay in your heart and if you stay in joy and if you trust and then you put out there and you say, okay, so I need, you know, the flow of money is going out over here. Universe, what is going to be, what is going to flow in? Where, where, how's that going to flow in? What is going to happen? And if you trust that flow, it will happen. If you're going out, I always say, okay, so if I'm paying all the bills and, you know, all the tutors money invoices are coming in, I just say to the universe, okay, so, so tell me what's going to come in. And literally as it comes in, it goes out, as it goes out, it comes in. And, and I've also told the universe that I, I need to live in a certain way. I, I need to live in an, in an abundant way. And so there's certain things and it's not because I need lots of, I don't waste money, but I like nice things. So it's about having those intentions. Those intentions are good, but also those intentions are about how I then better serve sharing the experiences I've had in learning. And that is where I've learned is where that is the, the forefront. So where money comes in, it might not necessarily be where money goes out anymore. So to keep the school separate, Moyo separate, Restaurants International separate, income from property separate doesn't work. If I had to run each of those as a business model and present them as business models, people would look at me and go, that model doesn't work. That model doesn't work. But my life model works. And, and that's it. So yeah, we'll do the numbers. You've seen me do the numbers. But I don't get stuck in the number because that number, the, the deficit here might be the increase here. And, we, and I think the other thing and, and what our children need to learn and the youth of today, you're not going to have one form of income. You're not going to get the job, get the degree, get the spouse, get the house get the second spouse, get the, it, it, that's not going to happen, guys. It's, it's, you know, Jennifer talks about, I've got private clients, I've got this, 
I also know that she does a bit of decorating work. So again, it's that bit of this, bit of that. I love doing this. The flow will come in. You know, if you're an artist, you might need some flow to support teaching for the next few weeks. You might sell a painting. But it's that trust of this thing called energy and, and how we can. And, and, you know, what really excites me, and I don't know if anyone read this today, um, Jen, you know, we talk about load shedding sometimes and our, um, our supplier of electricity in this country is so corrupt. And, and for the first time, our president has gone, we are going to change the law such that we can now use ecosystems rather than burning coal to create electricity. And, and it, so as it breaks down, our leaders are going to have to change the law to open up a much more environmental friendly way. So we've almost needed this to crash such that we can grow out. I've said a lot in that. I'm going to zip it now. Okay, thank you. Lots of wisdom and wise words in that. Alex had her hand up. Alex, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, I had a a thought that sort of came to me as Cindy was speaking, but that was quite a while back. And I feel like Cindy might have come, uh, finished it really beautifully already. But uh, a lot around what Cindy was saying about the trusting of intuition and just knowing that and, and knowing that it will be fine. I struggled uh, and I want to sort of bring a little bit of a scientific angle to this. I struggled a lot a few years back around decision-making and how do we make choices because of the constant conflict between head and heart. And, um, and, I, and for me, especially at that time, I was still very early in my own spiritual journey. So I needed the science to help me with understanding stuff. And the realizing that in our brain, the area where we make decisions and take our choices is the same area where we feel emotions and where our intuition lies. It's, and it's the old part of our brain. It's the part of our brain that's been around since before we were humans. The part that's logic and rational and has all our thinking is the new part. It's, you know, and we've been taught and conditioned to trust the new part and ignore the deep wisdom that lies in the old part. And we fall millennia and millennia have survived without the neocortex and without that rational logical part of our brain and survived wonderfully as a species yet we get taught to ignore that part of the brain and it was when i understood that and also why our decision making constantly wants to draw us towards um, emotional and intuitive decisions and is in conflict with this because that lies in that same part of the brain it doesn't it, our decision making doesn't work with logic and i realized at that moment for myself and my decision making model that has worked for me since then is quite simple i make my decision with my heart always but i execute it with my brain and that's the role of our brain our brain is to help us with the execution and to mitigate all the pitfalls but the the compass gets set by the heart and when I, when I started looking at it that way, suddenly decision-making became easier and just sat well and more comfortable. And yes, the road isn't, isn't a straight road, um, but that's fine. Um, and then it's been really nice just sitting and listening to everybody today and uh, so much stuff came out and I just wanted to just add one other thought and back to the 
earlier on in the conversation, we were talking so much about abundance. And I think part of this idea of scarcity and abundance is that we, we understand these terms and the def definition of these terms. And when I say we, I mean the general world as being materialistic based. And when we get out of that and we realize that a that abundance is actually not about material at all, but there's so many different forms of abundance and they all have as much power, if not more so than, material, than the material power that comes in. We can get past the fact that, um, and as Cindy put it, money is completely flow of an energy. It's in and out and just a resource. And then that's when, when we can really tap into abundance, when we can let go of the material outcome because abundance comes from connection. Um, it comes from feeling and love. Um, and those things all have far more worth to us than, um, than money does in the, big, in the bigger picture. I have a client at the moment who's particularly struggling with that. She's just started a new business and she's struggling with this idea around she's not making the money she wants to make and, and, and whether it was the right decision for her to go into her own business. And, and she keeps on talking about it as abundance, like I am not abundant. And so we started working around her definition of abundance. And it's been really interesting as she started looking at all of her abundance in her life that is non-material abundance and how all those things actually support her goal in her business, it suddenly changed completely her mindset about the future prospects of her business and her sense about, I actually have so much and it is coming. It's just, I just need to be patient. What I need out of it materially will come or not. Thanks, Alex. So the, the question that, that I'm left with and I'm keen to explore is in this sense of uh, career and work then, how does it feel and what are your tools for staying in the heart, for making the decisions from a heart space, for feeling into the decisions? You know, what are, what are you guys doing to with that in your own life? You know, for me, I like to go and meditate and then I go through a whole process of intentionally connecting to the heart space in the meditation, but we don't always have time for that. You know, sometimes you've got to make a decision on the fly and you're just like, this one feels right. That one doesn't feel right. Do you have any tools? Do you have any tricks? I know Cindy does. Anybody else? So for me, what I have learned extraordinarily uh, and and really it it's just been in the last month or so that I've been doing it all my life but really putting it together is sharing knowledge and and it doesn't that that for me and in my role I I it's about consistently sharing my knowledge with others what I have learned how I've got there and what it is so if we take my restaurant career as such, I've always shared my knowledge with whether it be teaching a waiter how to serve a table, to teaching a manager how to manage a team, teaching a chef how to, to cook something, etc. I've always shared my knowledge as an operator, and I actually believe that's what we're doing. You, you're sharing your knowledge, you, you, you learn something, you experience something in life. And our true purpose is to, 
to do that. And yes, there are doers, but as people are doing, we then elevating ourselves to teaching others to do. And as we we, we, do, we do that and we share that wisdom. And I think that's our life purpose is to continually either create and be creative. And even when we're doing that, then we share that with others, that emotion, that beautiful picture. And, and that really is experiencing life and then sharing that with our families, our friends, to a further degree in our workplace, just share what you learned. I think that is a very, very vital piece of information. And my, my wife is very good at this sort of thing. She has won so much business just from sharing her wisdom and experience. She just, she can't help but help other people. You know, the one time she bumped into somebody in a, in a hardware shop who was struggling to choose paint. And she just started helping this lady choose the right paint color for uh, her building project and landed up winning like being hired to help on the like a multi-million rand mansion because you know the 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 the, the wife or the the you know you know the the owner of the house couldn't actually make those decisions and she realized actually there's people who i can pay to make these decisions for me and and that's just one example of many and speaking of my wife, she's also very good at making decisions based on what brings her joy. So she, her, her answer to a question is, is that exciting or is that exciting? And we'll be like, okay, this option fills me with excitement. That's what I'm going to go with. And she just follows that. And it just is very, very effective. I kind of like get stuck in my head and I'm like, okay, that feels good, but let me just go and meditate on it a little bit longer. Okay, yeah, she was right. <laughs> Let's go with it. And yeah, Mark, I really want to add, because as you started saying that, the other thing is when you are doing stuff that is hitting you in your solar plexus, move on, mm. change it. If you are spending, a, there are things that we have to do that we don't necessarily love doing, Find somebody else to do it and make sure that what you are doing on a daily basis is something you love. If a team you are working with is starting to cause you huge amounts of angst, change the team or move on. And that is your barometer of am I in my purpose? Or do I need to work on myself? Because often in a team, when the team's not doing what you want, it's you that you have to change. But if you're feeling that, that's when you need to do something about it. Don't keep pushing, pushing, pushing. Because when you do, you're not doing your purpose. And then the abundance won't flow. And that story I know very well. So stay in the joy, follow your heart, outsource all the junk to somebody else and have a wonderful time. Make the most of every day. And guys, thank you very much for being here. It is 11 a.m. It has been a wonderful discussion. I've thoroughly enjoyed it and I look forward to seeing you all back here next week, Monday. Goodbye. Goodbye.